welcome to the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of SXH and the Crown Prosecution Service, also known as the CPS, and the citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 30. In this case, SXH is a Somali asylum seeker who was a member of a minority clan in that country. As such, she was subject to horrific abuse from members of other clans. She was raped and beaten, and both her parents were murdered. Back in late 2008, SXH managed to escape Somalia and made her way to Yemen. After a year spent in Yemen, she made her way to the UK on a false passport and when she was challenged by the UK border agency, she claimed asylum in the UK. The following day she was arrested in relation to the false passport, and this is the issue that we are mostly going to be focusing on during this episode. The specific offence falls under section 25.1 of the Identity Cards Act 2006, and states that it is a crime to be in possession of another person's identity with the intention to use it as your own identity. There is, however, an exception built into this offence in relation to asylum seekers by way of Section 31 of the Immigration and Asylum Act 1999, and this states that it is a defence if the person with the false identity has come directly from a country where their life or freedom was threatened, and then made a claim for asylum as soon as was reasonably practical. The problem here is that it is difficult to say that SXH came directly to the UK from Somalia, when she spent a year in Yemen. With this in mind, the CPS originally decided to proceed with the prosecution because their two-stage test was satisfied. In the first instance, there was sufficient evidence to secure a realistic chance of conviction. But the second step is a little bit more nebulous than this and forces the CPS to answer whether prosecuting the individual would be in the public interest. The CPS decided that it was, but the situation changed when further research was undertaken regarding the status of Somali refugees in Yemen. Essentially, even though Yemen is nominally signed up to the Refugee Convention, the country has not proven to be very effective in terms of bringing it into force on a practical level. After reviewing this research, the public interest in securing a prosecution against SXH seemed to evaporate and it was decided that Once she was granted asylum, the case would not be pursued. In the Crown Court, no evidence was offered by the CPS, and so SXH was found not guilty and was released from custody. In theory, this should have been the end of the matter, but SXH decided to bring a case against the CPS on human rights grounds, and this is what we're looking at here. More specifically, it was alleged that the decision to prosecute was a breach of SXH's Article 8 right to private life. When the case got to the Supreme Court, they dismissed the claim, and it was the late Lord Tolson who gave the lead judgment. He began by noting that although Article 8 is broad, it does not mean that it covers everything the state does that touches on a person's private life. The offence itself under the Identity Cards Act 2006 is fully compliant with the Convention, and so the decision to prosecute is also compliant and the public interest test does not touch on Article 8. Overall, the Supreme Court does seem to have made the right decision in the context of this particular case. The CPS's decision to prosecute was based on all of the relevant law and took into account the evidence that they had before them at the given time. 
Even on a generous view that says this does touch on Article 8, it would be difficult to say that what happened to SXH amounted to a breach of her right to private life. However, the worrying aspect of this case is that the Supreme Court in its ratio seems to have gone very far and applied some generalisations that may not hold water in future cases with different facts. The prime example is the idea that where an offence is human rights compatible, Article 8 will not apply to the decision to prosecute. However, prosecution by the CPS and the offence itself are two distinct events and bundling them together is not really appropriate. Lord Kerr actually picked up on this and pointed to a couple of examples where Article 8 may prove to be relevant in the context of a prosecution. In particular, thinking about if the CPS had still pursued the prosecution, or where the detention of a person ahead of prosecution could also possibly breach Article 8. At the core of this case are two important legal principles. On the one hand, we have the protection of human rights, and on the other, we have the ability for the state to prosecute criminal offences. Both are really important, but by pulling the needle too far towards prosecution, the Supreme Court has undermined lower courts' ability to balance state power against the need to protect fundamental human rights. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the UK Law Weekly podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. If you do get a chance, make sure to rate and review the podcast in iTunes. That's always very much appreciated. Thanks again for listening, and I'll speak to you next week. Bye!